Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hold the elevator, you have to wait. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Every time I got on an elevator or attempted to get on an elevator. The Rich Eisen Show. This dynamic played out every time. Hold the elevator. I'm trying to get on the elevator and the door shut on me. And the guy looks straight at <laughs> me in the eye. Today's guests. ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst, senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer, ESPN.com senior NBA writer Ramona Shelburne, plus ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky. And now, hold the elevator. It's Rich Eisen. Well, hey everybody, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, fresh off of Mother's Day weekend. We hope everybody had a great Mother's Day weekend, and we're back here. Uh, talking sports and so much more. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. We say hello to our NBC Sports on Peacock viewers and our NBC Sports Audio Sirius XM Channel 85 listeners. Our listeners on this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio station, coast to coast, we say hello to you. If you're listening to us on the Odyssey app, what's up? And then there's our podcast listeners. Yes, I know you're listening to us whenever you're darn well pleased, but that doesn't mean I can't say hello to you live as I'm doing right now on our simulcast. And we always appreciate our YouTube viewers, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for anything that you may miss over the next three hours. And there's always lots uh, going on here, so you might miss something. Uh, Chris Brockman is still on the shelf, so uh, we uh, we send our best to him uh, where he is watching right now, uh, no doubt, uh, on Peacock. What's up, Chris? And then, uh, Chris, here, here's what you're missing. And yes. for those to, uh, on, on the uh, radio side as well, what you're missing, a clean-shaven Mike Del Tufo getting uh, – so with Brockman out, a clean-shaven Mike Del Tufo getting a full single <laughs> shot single, yes. as well it should be. We love the single. Good to see Mike Del Tufo's baby face. Okay, very good. <laughs> and then TJ Jefferson um, looking as always. Uh, you got the toothpick in the mouth and the candle lit. What's going on, TJ? How you doing? Well, I just wanted to let you all know, America, his name is Joel Hans Embiid. Hans. Okay. I did not Embiid. know that. Is it really? You learn something new every Hans, day. Hans, as in Gruber? As in Christian Anderson? That's where I was leading towards, yes, the Christian Anderson. As in Hans DeVice? Um, Okay, very good. Yes. And how are you? I am doing very well. Um, Now, look. We never ask you that in the morning, so I want to get that out. No, I appreciate that. Great. Um, So, so look. um, Embiid, I had my fun with it in the first two games of the series that the Sixers lost in Miami, saying that if there was still an MVP vote to be had if you waited for the entire 
postseason to be done that Embiid would have won the MVP by not being there, just showing how different the Sixers look, even though it's always tough to win on the road in the playoffs. And now he's returned and the series is tied to a piece. And Embiid is just a man among boys. He is so he he's so very good. He's he's great at everything, right? And and um and he's got that, you know, mask on and he's he's doing it with an orbital fracture and he's you know came back from a concussion that caused him not even be able to look at his phone just i think 24 hours before being cleared for game three and he comes to the rescue and now this series is all tied and his thumb is something that is of genuine concern that's going to seemingly require some surgery when it's all over and he's playing with a a you know this strap on his right hand Mm -hmm. so he's got a strap on his right hand he's got a mask on his face (laughs) <laughs> and um, the guy I want to talk about is the beard, though. Maybe he heard. I have been saying this, man. And I, I, I have been saying it, and I'm glad that I finally saw it for not just you, TJ, for all the Philadelphia 76er fans out there and for Doc Rivers, for whom I root. And that's no secret. This is the Harden we need to see this is the harden that the sixers chose to trade and acquire this is the harden we need to see this is the james harden that got himself a 75th anniversary jacket this is the james harden that needs to show up the question is how many more times can he show up i said i need to see a 30 point triple double and you even said you know what those don't just grow on trees <laughs> they don't easy. just happen you don't roll out of bed and get get, get one of them 31 7 and 9 in game four that's what i'm talking about close enough it's not it's not uh you know horseshoes and hand grenades but it is close enough 31 7 and 9 that's what i need to see 21, 24 and 11 from Embiid. Maxi with his 18. This is what this is what we got to see. Helps to shoot 50% almost from three-point land, but it's Harden getting to the line. And then Harden getting to the line and then giving you that Euro step back and making the three. And then finishing up the way that he finished up. That's what we've got to see. And if we if we see that, if we see that Harden and we get Embiid playing. And we have the last two games. And again, I understand the frustration of Sixer fans that we get to the playoffs. He makes this game-winning three in Toronto, and we find out moments later that he needs surgery on the, the, the hand that he shot that game-winning three from. And it's just like, where the hell did that come from? And then they eliminate the Raptors, and then they don't have Embiid because he takes a shot to the head from Siakam in that final game against Toronto. But this is, we are where we are, which is now a three-game series between the Heat and the Sixers. And the Heat do have two of the three at home. Let's see what happens. This is what we're talking about. This is the Harden. And we saw him. And the question is, how many more times can we see him? I think we're going to see it a lot more. And I think you're in good shape, TJ. I don't know. I, I, I don't know why I have faith in how many times you put faith in him, but maybe, just maybe, he realizes this is the moment for him. Let's go. 
Also, Rich, not to Let's interrupt. Go. Uh, go. The thing about Harden is right now the way these Sixers are playing is that 30-point triple-double Harden that you said we needed to see, that was great. But Sixers don't necessarily need that no, every single night. I think they They do. need that 20-point Harden, that 10-11 rebound. But the thing that I saw, which mm-hmm. was so great, those first few games, you would think that guys who've already reached a certain point in their careers mm-hmm. would just have that confidence, right? It looked like James Harden had zero well, that's confidence. Amazing, that's the amazing thing about professional sports yeah. is that some of the all-time greats, it's still a confidence game. It's still what you and need then, to have yeah. up between your temples. And that there is still some some doubt. And he probably was feeling the same it's doubt. Still, do I have the burst? Do I have you. this? Do I have that? No. You, yes, you were, you were I, I will take credit. Him, yes, you know? I do I do take credit. I was the only one mentioning <laughs> it in all of national media, I think. Yeah, that's the only one I pay saying. attention Thank to. you, sir. I appreciate that. But yeah, but you, you watched him the last two games, especially yesterday. That was the confidence. That was that guy you were you've been asking for. Yes. Last night was that guy, and it was just like he got to the rack. He, you know, the step back three was hitting. He just the way he's playing in the crowd. He was feeling it, and he was confident. And look, like I said, I don't know if they need that every night because you quite just kept getting Maxi oh. and. and and, they do. and Harris, but they, it would be great. But he's confident, and I, I love get it. it. I get it. They do need that. They do need it. They need it because there's going to be times where, you know, everybody else isn't firing on all cylinders, and he, they need that. You need both of them. You certainly, if you're going to be taking on Giannis or the Celtics next, you need both of them. You need both of them playing at a very high level. Certainly, if you want to win a championship, that's what I think they need it every damn night. So, yeah, I let's mean, see. I, I'm but, sorry, I don't mean to say they don't need it. No, but. no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, the the Embiid return uh, clearly means so much to this team, and um, and and the the story today that uh, Woj uh, bombed that the MVP voting is in, mm-hmm. um, and that it's Jokic's award for a second straight year is just the latest example I think of of maybe the NBA needing to wait to the end of the season to award this to somebody. Now, look, the Joker had an incredible season. 27-13 were his points and rebounds. 27.1 points, 13.8 rebounds a game. He almost averaged eight assists, which is good enough for eighth in the league. This is all better, these numbers, than last year when he won the MVP. First player in NBA history, 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 500 assists in a game. He didn't have his run of mates all year long. Got the Nuggets into the playoffs, and they got beat by the Warriors in round one. But if it's a regular season award, which clearly the NBA is saying, I I don't have a problem with Jokic winning it. But now we're just, the problem is, is that he's sitting at home and Embiid is showing exactly why he's so valuable. And so is Giannis. Regular season award, MVP. I have no problem with Jokic. But I think the NBA should wait. Because it's a two-month, two-and-a-half-month-long playoff. The NFL, you could still make it in a regular season award. More likely than not, that guy's making the playoffs. And I know Joker did. I know Jokic did this time around. But the NFL playoffs lasts three weeks, four weeks, lasts a month. This is two-and-a-half, you know? And the so, longer the Sixers go, the worse the decisions. So I, 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 I think it's going to be um, awkward, certainly, if— can you imagine that the award gets handed out the same weekend as, say, the conference championship series, and there's Jokic holding up the trophy, you know, in a Western Conference arena while Embiid and Giannis battle it out for the right to get to the finals? You know, it's not a great look. 
But it's also something that uh, maybe the NBA can address. And before we got two NBA guests on today, uh, Brian Winhorst and Ramona Ramona Shelburne, uh, as soon as I saw that Ed O'Neill was playing um, Donald Sterling in the six-part mini special uh, dramatic series that FX is putting on, on on the podcast that Ramona Shelburne put together on the Donald Sterling tapes. As soon as I saw Ed O'Neill was playing Donald Sterling, I got to say, we got to get Ramona on the horn. And there's lots going on, obviously, here in Los Angeles for basketball and then talk about the playoffs. Brian Winhorst is going to join us in about eight minutes time to talk about uh, the entire um, second round series writ large and the news that uh, Jokic is winning the MVP for a second straight year. But before we take a break, I want to piss off Memphis fans. Uh, Not uh, on purpose, but I'm about to piss you off. I don't think Jordan Poole is a dirty player. And and I know that I've caped for him, and I know I've been watching him since college, and I've been watching him uh, closely since he's come in Golden State. I haven't seen a single play where I thought that guy's a dirty player at all. And I know that we're all um, hyped up about this series because of what's uh, happened with Gary Payton the second, and we had... Draymond Green getting a flagrant two that he didn't deserve and getting ejected from a game that the Warriors came back to win. And Dylan Brooks getting a flagrant two in a game um, that uh, the Grizzlies came back to win. He breaks Gary Payton the seconds elbow moments later. Draymond Green is bloodied and fans are cheering him as he flips the double bird to them, leaving the arena and then after the game says i'll make 25 million dollars a year i'll make i'll just do one appearance and i'll pay this fine i'm more than happy to flip off the fans and then we see game three where morant is dribbling and jordan Poole is reaching for it and he makes contact and with morant's right knee and seems to grab it knows that he's got a hold of it and tugs it and now morant it appears will not play in tonight's game four, which is an unbelievable shame. And I know it enrages Memphis Grizzlies fans. And also, you know what? It, it, it is so patently disappointing for anybody who's watching these playoffs and wants to see a remarkable star in ascension at the top of his game be a major problem for the team that I think has the best chance to win it all this year. As you know, I picked the Warriors earlier going into the regular season, so clearly I feel the same way going into the playoffs as they have performed so admirably you admirably in as well. You have? I, you haven't mentioned that. that you've yeah, I know that. Thank you. <laughs> All that said, and I know that Morant tweeted out, broke the code over a shot of Poole grabbing his knee, which is the phrase that Steve Kerr used in relation to Dylan Brooks, breaking the code of playing in the NBA and the playoffs and not hitting somebody when they have a clear path to the basket and the head, and then he broke his elbow. And Brooks got suspended for game three. So I know that we're throwing these things around. I don't think it was intentional. I don't think Jordan Poole is a dirty player. I don't think he broke the code. I don't think he deserves to be suspended. I don't think this is anything but a Memphis Grizzlies team that is very upset about their star player being hurt for game four and very upset about what they've seen throughout, very upset that Dylan Brooks got suspended. And to me, to me, I don't even know if that's where Morant hurt his knee because he banged knees with uh, Clay Thompson as he as he was trying to defend a three of Clay. And he came down and it looked like he hurt that, and that was before what happened with Poole. 
Do we know that's exactly when he hurt his knee? Let's say that he reached out and grabbed his knee. And that's so weird to me. Like, well, he, I would have never thought in my life that, like, when I was playing ball, like, let me grab your knee to stop. Like, what? It looked like he went for the ball. He missed it. He came back and contacted his knee. It was so fast, it's hard to. It does. Well, well slow motion, it looks like he's he's looking at the knee. And I'm going to grab your knee. And I'm going to grab your knee <laughs> so and I'm going to pull it. That's weird. Is that so weird? It didn't seem like he twisted it either, but I mean, it's a knee and it's something that has obviously uh, been hurting uh, Morant. And so um, that's my two cents on that. It seems that there's something in every playoff. So Chris Paul getting an insane number of fouls called on him and he sits and now the Mavs have even the series. And then on of all days, Mother's Day, oh, man. he sees a fan accosting his family and apparently putting hands on his mother for what, yeah. and he got him ejected and you know unfortunately for this fan uh chris paul had a lot of time on the bench to witness this and unfortunately for paul as well i don't mean to make light of it but um there's chris paul turning around and said what the hell's going on it seemed like also like a teenage kid yeah when i saw what the, the kid. hell is going on he wasn't what i was expecting to see either. so there's so much to talk about i didn't even mention the kentucky derby which i've watched about 50 million times over and over again and i'm showing my kids to never give up yeah isn't that amazing you're using the example of a horse to tell a <laughs> child never give up but that is a fact um and then we've got football on the brain as we always do a couple of um uh monday night football uh uh dates were or two games were announced for week two Today by the worldwide leader in sports. Dan Orlovsky will join us in hour number three to discuss that. And Albert Breer from the MMQB will be joining us join, uh, in uh, top of hour number two. So that's how we're rolling today. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. Um, and uh, we're, we're, we're open for business here on this very busy Monday. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial to have a conversation with us. Let's take a break. When we come back, Brian Windhorst on everything that we just hit. Did the NBA make the right decision on Jokic and everything else? And the latest on LeBron from Brian Windhorst when we come back. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here on our terrestrial radio outfit, 844-204-RICH is the uh, number to dial here on the program. Um, so much going on in all of these series. The uh, Grizzlies minus John Morant trying to uh, uh, even the series tonight against the uh, uh, Golden State Warriors. Your Golden State Warriors. My Golden State Warriors. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, you know, so much going on between the Bucks and the Celtics. That's trying to be evened up at two apiece. The Celtics trying to get one uh, in Milwaukee the same way that Milwaukee did on them. So to discuss that, whatever went on behind the bench in Dallas yesterday with Chris Paul calling out a fan and getting him ejected, or the fan got himself ejected, uh, we turn to the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line and welcome back our friend, the senior uh, NBA writer from ESPN, Brian Winhorst. How you doing, Brian? Hey, Rich, how are you? I'm hanging in there. Let's just jump into it uh, real quick. Let's, uh, let's start with the news of the day that uh, the Joker – is going back to back. I know you had mentioned in your last appearance here that uh, this is the your sense of the way things were going, but uh, do you agree with this assessment? I mean, I think? voted for Embiid, but I knew Jokic was going to win. Um, you know, I, I will be interested to see when the voting is released. My guess is that it won't be that close if I'm making, um, you know, quotation marks with my hands. I don't... And I don't think it'll. I think you know Giannis and and Embiid will probably get about a third of the votes, and I think Jokic will get you know sixty percent to two thirds. Um, Jokic was terrific throughout the season, and his statistics, his advanced statistics, really are powerful. Um, I believe his def- uh, Embiid's defense and his ability to um, do so many different things uh, on offense uh, was powerful for me for a team that had a better record. But um, with where we are in the NBA right now, what Jokic does is highly valued, and he's certainly a worthy MVP. It's just not my pick. Yeah, I mean, is there – look, every every sport goes through this when the announcement occurs during the playoffs. The NFL, as you know, makes their announcement, its announcement the night before the Super Bowl. Any sense that we'll ever see the NBA maybe wait till the playoffs are finished before making the vote cast? Because Embiid, with his, um, I guess, uh, absence and then presence over the first four games of this Sixers Heat series, I think has proven his value, to say the least. Right. Yeah, and they used to do that. They used to have an awards show um, after the finals um, where they announced all the awards and everybody came and there was a red carpet and everything. And the show wasn't that good, and it almost made it worse, Rich, because then the voting was you know, three months stale instead of <laughs> a month stale. Um, and so they've, they've, they've ended up 
trashing that and going back to announcing it throughout the playoffs. It's always awkward, I have to say, and it's happened a handful of times. Well, not even got a handful, maybe two or three times in the last 20 years. It's always awkward when they award the MVP and the MVP is done playing. Um, and not only that, but it wasn't an upset. The one year where uh, Dirk Nowitzki won, they were the number one overall seed and got stunned in the first round by the We Believe Warriors. You know, that was a historic upset. In this case, uh, I believe Jokic is already back in Serbia. I mean, he, mm. his season ended and he went home a week, you know, days ago because um, this was this was not unexpected. So, I mean, you know, certain people will have a problem with that, um, but that is the way it is in in the in the with the NBA right now. What Jokic does on a nightly basis is highly valued. Brian Winhorst from ESPN here on the Rich Eisen Show. So the Warriors and Grizzlies series has been nasty, obviously, where both teams are now accusing a a member of the opposition of breaking a code, Dylan Brooks breaking a code on breaking Gary Payton II's elbow, and now Jordan Poole breaking a code by grabbing at uh, John Morant's knee in Game 3 that it looks like that's going to keep him out of Game 4. Do we know for sure if that was the moment where Morant hurt his knee? Brian? That's what the Grizzlies say, and I, I guess I'll take them at their word. Um, I, I, quite frankly, I think it's ridiculous. I feel terrible that um, that Ja got hurt, and he's such an important player to them. And the way he plays, um, you know, sort of requires maximum health. Um, he was being bothered by that knee down the stretch of the season. He took a couple of weeks off to rest it. Also, just a few minutes before. That that happened. He banged knees with Clay Thompson. Right. He was going to close out on a Clay Thompson shot, and as he landed, he he crunched uh, Clay's knee. I don't know. I I you know I, I will take them at their word, but it you know with all due respect, it's preposterous that Jordan Poole was intending to hurt him. If you watch the play in real time, he's clearly just swiping at the ball. Um, of course, in slow motion. It looks like it was premeditated, but there's just no way you could look at it in real time. And the NBA agrees. They looked at it. And, you know, I, I, the foul that Dylan Brooks committed on Gary Payton was a dirty play. It did not need Steve Kerr to come out and say that he broke the code, but that obviously offended the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies are very sensitive. They're very excitable and very sensitive. You say anything or look at them sideways, their chests get out and they defend each other. And I like it. I don't want them to stop doing it, but it's gotten a little bit ridiculous. They need to just settle down a little bit and focus on the game. At the end of all of that, if they don't have Jaw, they don't have a chance. So I hope that the need is gets to a position where he can play. But this has not actually been, other than that one Dylan Brooks foul, it's not actually been a particularly dirty or overly physical series. It's just been a series of a lot of talking because people have gotten into their field. Well, and then flagrant twos, right? And each team that got a uh, flagrant two wound up winning the game. It's so that's just, I, I guess that that's what's getting. Yeah, but, but Draymond Green's flagrant two, it wasn't like that was an egregious, oh my right. God, how I know. dare you play? Um, it, I, you know, I'm covering the Bucks uh, Celtics series right mm-hmm. now. These guys are slamming each other. These guys are flopping all over. It is the nature of the NBA that um, the, game, the, the, the series are like this. It's just um, I, the, the Grizzlies, I feel bad, but they just need to calm down a little bit. And, you know, I, I just didn't like them campaigning for a suspension. And I didn't think Steve Kerr needed a campaign for a suspension either. 
but in, in the case of the of the of the Brooks foul, it was not questionable. It was clearly going to be a suspension, and um, so I just I think it's a little bit below the Grizzlies, uh, the quality of people they are, to go and, and and campaign for something like that. I just didn't like it. Before we get to the Bucks and the Celtics series that you say you're covering, what what best of your knowledge happened behind the bench in Dallas yesterday with CP3 and his family and his mom on Mother's Day? What happened? I don't know, but he was obviously very upset about it. Um, he was upset about. I mean, they showed during the broadcast him, you know, calling to um, police and uh, pointing it. It's it's very strange based on the video I saw of the fan being removed. That the fan appeared to be, first off, a relatively young with right. his family. I mean, I don't know the situation, but it looked it appeared like he he might have been a teenager with his mother and brother. I don't know for sure, and also like directly behind the son's bench. Those are. Surprising circumstances. It's very unfortunate that, you know, because Chris was very upset about it, very upset about it, um, both both in the moment and then afterward. So um, what I would say is, is that there are literally tens of thousands of cameras in in an NBA arena during the game. Whatever happened, I'm sure that the Mavericks will be able to find on someone's video or their own video, and whatever happened, they will it will properly be handled. It is unfortunate that Chris was, and his family felt that way. Well, I mean, and Chris had the ability to maybe personally witness it because he spent a, a ridiculous amount of time on the bench. Yeah. I mean, because of the foul trouble that he was in. And um, I, I, what does the NBA make of all that? I mean, because the, the, fans think that it's, it's, it's rigged to make sure that these series go long, right? Um, and we, we, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say other than the fact that you hear um, uh, coaches and players say as much as they've been saying, Draymond saying, I, I make a ton of money, so I'll just, you know, flip people off, you know, and but the officiating seems to be front and center again, just like every year. Is there an issue, Brian? Yeah, so a couple of things going on. First off, all of these series are tight, Rich. So we mm-hmm. have two series that are 2-2 two, two, and two series tonight that are 2-1. We could have four two two series all these series are tight that's that's so in a tight series the officiating matters each each individual call holds more value secondly um we have a i don't want to use the word epidemic because it hurts all of us we have a um an incredible an amount of flopping happening in the nba right now is even more egregious than it's been in previous years um and this is not an original concept but the boston celtics defensive strategy on Giannis is to draw him into charges and flop. It's, it's on their board. It's not a secret. They're flopping like crazy. Um, we have offensive players flopping. We have defensive players flopping. We have players doing, you know, with the decision that the, uh, the league has now, whether reviewing potential flagrants, we got European soccer breaking out left and right where a guy goes down and he lays there, rolls around waiting for the red card. I mean, the flagrant foul to try to go the officials to go over and look at it. Now, look, I'm not saying that there haven't been times where a guy gets clocked in the head by an elbow and totally gets his bell rung and is actually badly injured and chipped a tooth or whatever. And like obviously that still happens. It's the playoffs. But we are definitely seeing a wave of attempts to uh, manipulate the officiating. And so when you have the, you know, it being rewarded, flopping is being rewarded regularly. When you have that happening, the fans get on edge, and the fans get on edge, makes the players on edge, and it builds on itself. Part of it is why we like the playoffs. They, everybody cares. The players care so much. The fans care so much. 
all of these things um, uh, are, you know, factors in it. So in a, in a case of Chris Paul, Chris Paul got caught in some of his own games. You know, Chris is a very smart player and for decades now has baited other players into fouling him. And he, Luka Doncic, flopped on a play right before the end of the half. Chris bumped him in the air and Doncic, you know, six foot eight of him, Again, six foot one, Chris Paul flailed onto the ground. And then when Doncic got the call, he was cheering for himself and laughing. And then in the early of the second half, Chris Paul tried to bait uh, Jalen Brunson into a, a transition foul where he jumped in front of him and stopped. And the officials called it an offensive foul because it's not allowed. And so Chris Paul was getting his a dose of his own medicine. Uh, and I would say why he would try those moves. Um, when he was in foul trouble is not a typical way that he acts. So you can go frame by frame and say that this was a bad call or that was a bad call, but Chris knows in his heart of hearts that he made a bad set of decisions and that he hurt his team's chances to win. And so knowing that about Chris and knowing the kind of competitor he is, I would expect him to play much better and differently for the rest of the series. And the cynic uh, in me, as I did, I tweeted out, like, what, what's the over-under and number of fouls Luca has by halftime of this next game? Four, five? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the general sense you're getting. I don't mean to be a cynic, but that's just the general sense that you're well, going to yeah, get. Right, yeah. that's the game that is played. And so, like, in this series, again, that I'm covering, this Bucks <laughs> yes. uh, celtics series, yes. The Celtics felt like they were wronged at the end of the game on Saturday because Marcus Smart was fouled and he was only awarded two free throws instead of three. Correct. And the Celtics came out and, you know, complained about it vociferously. And the Bucks got worried that the Celtics' complaints were going to lead to the officials calling fouls on them. So their general manager, John Horst, came out last night and presented a dossier of calls in the interview <laughs> that he gave The Athletic and saying, we were actually – the ones wronged. And I say a pox on all your houses. Uh, it's hard enough to officiate <laughs> games at this level in general. Again, when these series are so tight, these all these calls matter so much. I am annoyed by the baiting of the officials with the flopping and the laying on the ground and now the negotiating you know, in between series. Um, one player was made available to the media in between games three and four of this Celtics um, Buck, Buck series. It was George Hill, who was a backup, who has played one game in a month. And yet we have both sides issuing um, multi-layer uh, political wars on the officiating. I don't like it. I can say that I don't like it. And it doesn't mean the officials get every call right, but I think they all reap what they sow by focusing more on the calls than they are about playing the game the straight-up way. If Chris Paul played straight-up basketball yesterday, I don't know if they'd have won the game, but he would have been in it to the end. A few more minutes left with Brian Windhorst of ESPN uh, here on the Rich Eisen Show. So you say you're covering the Celtics and the Bucks, and obviously the Celtics have been an incredible story, certainly in the last several months of this season and Tatum with uh, his, his rising superstar ascension being front and center. That said, what, what, what is it like to watch Giannis up close as he is doing what he's doing? It reminds me of LeBron. I mean, they're different players, but um, you know, Rich, I covered so many uh, playoff series with LeBron 
against the Celtics. And I know that the teams are different now. It's not the same players. Sure. But, you know, when I'm going into TD Garden for game one on a Sunday afternoon, I mean, I've done this many, many times. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching a Celtics team that, that probably has the better team, especially with Chris Middleton out with injury right now. And I'm watching the Bucks have the best player. And I'm watching the best player just will his team to victory. Some nights when he's got his shot working, some nights when things are going against him. And it reminds me of LeBron. And, you know, Giannis doesn't have the same talent package that LeBron does. I mean, LeBron is more skilled than Giannis um, is or probably ever will be. I mean, LeBron can do some more things offensively. But in terms of, like, look, I'm going to take the ball and I'm going to enforce my will on the game and you can't do anything about it, it's like watching LeBron. And, and why shouldn't it be? Giannis is in his mid-20s with two, with two uh, MVPs and a, and a finals MVP. This is the kind of resume LeBron had. And so, um, you know, it's the same thing in the uh, in Dallas Phoenix series. You know, the Dallas has the, has, the, has the worst team. I don't say worst, but mm-hmm. Phoenix is the best team. Dallas has the best player. You know how many times LeBron won series when he had the lower seed? I, you know, when he went to the finals those eight years in a row, I think he was the number one seed maybe once or twice. He was always winning series when they didn't have home court advantage because he would come into a building and he would take the other team by the throat and he would put them down on the ground until they, sub, until they submitted. And not every game, you know, sometimes a few times the Celtics with the better team did beat them, but he got it done most of the time. So when you look at, a, when you look at the NBA and you look at why these teams tank and beg and borrow and steal and tamper and make 11-year plans to get to star players, this is why. Because you've got a player like this, it changes everything. And so right now, I think the Celtics can win the title. I still feel like they can win the title. I think if they win tonight's game, they very well might win the series. But I look at Giannis and say, good luck 4 out of 7 on anybody. He can beat, four out of, he can beat any team 4 out of 7. I don't care who, who they are because he's that great. Before I let you go, Brian Windhorst, what is going on in LeBron world right now? We've seen a lot of tweeting uh, during the games. Uh, yeah, I know. What's, what's, going on in Le- what's going on in LeBron world? Here we are, mid, mid-playoffs. LeBron, LeBron um, obviously misses it, obviously is very disappointed in the season, um, but is, loves his life and loves living in Los Angeles and loves being a Laker. And I think he wants to make the most of it. You know, I, they believe that with a couple of tweaks, they can be right back on top. If he's healthy and AD is healthy and they, you know, change the point guard position, whether that's replacing Westbrook or getting another player in there to, so the Westbrook doesn't have to do it as much, they think they can be right back on top. I don't necessarily agree with that, but LeBron's still one of the great players in the league, and I'm sure he sees Giannis doing this and, and he thinks, I can still do that, and he might not be wrong. So, but he, with four titles and all these MVPs and all these gold medals and all of his records, and he's going to be the all-time leading scorer in the next year, I think he values going home at the end of the games and being happy. And he is, even with these losses in Los Angeles, he is happy. I don't think he wants to go anywhere, and I don't think he will go anywhere in the short term. Well, I mean, your friend and uh, colleague and mine and Stephen A. certainly created a, a nice little kerfuffle over the 48 hours at, leading into the weekend, talking about LeBron maybe should be traded by the Lakers. Well, there's nothing to stop the Lakers from doing it. And, you know, if you looked at if you gave the situation to a computer, the computer might suggest trading 
LeBron. I mean, and, and we could sit here for the next 20 minutes mm-hmm. and talk about places where LeBron could be traded that could potentially swing the title, where LeBron could be a title on a title contending team. Those would all be true, and maybe that could happen. And a big factor in all of this is that LeBron has an extension decision with the Lakers. They have to offer it, and he's got to sign it. And if that if neither of those happen, and he's on a one year contract come next season, we got a real discussion. But if the question is whether LeBron wants to be a Laker or doesn't believe in the roster, doesn't team, I don't get that feeling at all. I think he does believe that they can turn it around, even though I'm not on that page. I think he does want to be a Laker. Let's see, you know, how that all works out. Brian, thanks for the call as always. Um, look for mine again. I always appreciate you coming on. You make me smarter. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. Enjoy your week. You too. That's at Winhorst ESPN on both Twitter and Instagram. Brian Winhorst in the Hoop Collective podcast, ESPN senior NBA writer. Brian Winhorst here on the Rich Eisen Show. So let's take a break because Brian just said something about LeBron that kind of jarred me, even though I already knew it. And uh, I just want to just want to expand on that a little bit about what he just said about LeBron when we come back here on the Rich Eisen Show before we start turning to the world of the NFL and Albert Breer. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. So, um, hey, Brian Winhorst just said something just off the cuff, Mm -hmm. and I knew it already, but hearing it, it was so jarring. Uh, LeBron James made eight consecutive NBA finals. Eight, Rich Eisen, in a row. Eight. That is just stupid, okay? That is just ridiculous. And now that he's missed this playoffs entirely, and last year we saw how they followed up the bubble championship by making it out of, uh, you know, the play-in game and then getting waxed. It just makes it that much more impressive to know that this man made eight consecutive 
NBA Finals and is an all-time great, is, in my opinion, somebody that you have to consider to be on the Mount Rushmore of the NBA. And I know I didn't say he's absolutely there because, you know, there is Bill Russell who, you know, made a whole bunch of NBA Finals in a row and won them, by the way. Yeah. Um, There is... A whole host of all-time greats that you need to consider when you're talking about the entirety of the NBA history. So I want to set all that up to say this. And I know I'm opening the can that we open very rarely around here, the argument about LeBron versus Michael Jordan. But I do feel the need to just remind everybody And LeBron should have an entire generation of fans saying he's the all-time great. Think about it. I am um, 52 years old. Got started on national television literally half my life ago. 26 is when I first showed up on the set of ESPN. And towards the end of my tenure there, Um, we were showing LeBron James playing basketball on live television at the Worldwide Leader in Sports in high school. We were showing his high school games. That's how great LeBron was. That's how much of an expectation level LeBron had placed upon him before he entered the league and then entered the league and is doing everything that he has done, eight consecutive NBA Finals appearances, In the era of 24-7, 365, sports talk conversation, radio, television, now simulcasts like this one, argument shows where there's that split screen between two people arguing with each other. And that's not easy to do. But this struck me over the weekend. At the F1 race in Miami, okay, All of a sudden, everybody's going to F1 races here in the United States. And certainly in Miami. And the the guest list uh, was off the charts. But Tom Brady put on his Instagram and tweeted out, I believe as well, the moment of him hugging Michael Jordan. And Tom Brady, Tom Brady is the one who included the caption of the real goat. Tom Brady... Even Tom knows what's going on with Michael Jordan. Even Tom Brady, who is in the argument for the greatest of all time American athlete of our generation, mine and those who will root for LeBron and say he's the greatest of all time. And I know so many of the people who think LeBron is the greatest of all time do need a history lesson about Michael Jordan. I do believe it was the anniversary over the weekend of his shot over Craig Elo to stick it to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Facts. I saw that video. And it's just, I, I, I just need to, for some reason, I don't, I don't know why. I don't think this is an argument that's being had nationally, and I'm, I might be opening the, the can for, for, for no reason. If you accuse me of that, I, I might say I'm guilty as charged because I that's what I thought of when I saw Brady 
hugging Jordan, and Brady's the one calling Jordan the real GOAT. And I don't take that as he's trying to slight LeBron at all. I think he's referring to Jordan being above him. I think he's referring to himself. That he knows the number of times people referring to him as the GOAT, the greatest of all time, because of his seven championship rings in the NFL. Seven. And his 10 Super Bowl appearances. Ten. Two losses to the Giants and one of the Philadelphia Eagles being that one. Even he's saying that. Kids, you just need a reminder. Michael Jordan would just rip your heart out and show it to you pumping that he would take the shots. I know he's passed him up before. He would be the one being the a-hole in his practice. He would be the one that would be creating all of these dynamics that don't exist that he would use as his own fuel, his own goat fuel. He would be the one who's creating his three-point shots when you thought he didn't have a three-point shot. He's the one playing both ends of the floor. He's the one shutting you down. Whole conversation people might have about Jordan being the guy who would be the one to beat you on the offensive end. He would beat you just as badly on the defensive end too. He was great at both ends of the floor and the mind game and the heart. He's the one. He didn't go to eight straight finals. Okay. He's not the all-time scoring leader that LeBron will wind up being. Okay. LeBron is a great player and an all-time great player and a goat in many different ways that for many different people, and I understand that, I don't know why I thought that when I just saw Tom Brady hug Jordan and say the real goat. Well, because people call him the goat. So I, I know it's that. Totally him. That's what I'm saying. That's but him. I'm but with even you, Rich. he's but even he's referring to him as the goat. Brady's referring to that. And I I just said that, you know what? For some reason I think kids need a little bit of a history lesson. And I delivered it even though nobody asked for it. <laughs> but that's why I guess my name's on the, the mic cube here. And the coffee mug. And the co- yeah, I don't yeah. know what my coffee mug is. Just kind of wanted to throw that out there. That's what I thought there's of. There's no argument there. No, there's an argument, and I know that there's a there's whole there, argument. I don't Certainly, think there it's is. Well, I, I mean, we're, I mean, of a, certain, we're of a certain generation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's our, our goat. Yeah, for sure. He's our goat. And a lot of kids didn't see him play. A lot of no, adults didn't see no. Michael play. I think the last dance, I, I would hope that the last dance kind of helped bridge that gap so these kids who didn't really know got a chance to see. Hour two, Albert Breer coming up.